Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. My name is Rachel Angle, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. She's the globally acclaimed musical stage actress and recording artist that's taken the world of theatre by storm thanks to her extraordinary voice. She leaped onto the London stage in the critically acclaimed anniversary revival production of Miss Saigon as Gigi, later taking the production to Broadway and being filmed for the big screen. She also created the role of Eliza Hamilton in the original London company of Lin-Manuel Miranda's masterpiece, Hamilton. Credits elsewhere include Ariel in The Little Mermaid, Jane Porter in Tarzan, and Fontaine in the West End production of Les Miserables at the Queen's Theatre, Sondheim Theatre, across Asia, and now on its UK tour. So here, in an exclusive conversation moments before she steps on stage in Les Mis, we discuss dreaming the dream all over again as she heads out on tour with one of the world's most famous musicals, and why playing a signature role like Fontaine is different now she's become a mother, how originating in Hamilton changed her life, and why Miss Saigon was an experience that she will never forget. We also discuss why, if in doubt, riff it out, and why representation is, and will always be, important. It's the one and only Rachel and Go here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Rachel and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please help me welcome to this, the next episode of Eleven. Arise, my queen. Hi, Will. It's nice to hear you. <laughs> finally, so, it's happening. I've been bugging you for so long, and I'm so grateful that we finally get the opportunity to do this. So thank you a million times in advance. And before we talk about thank the fact you. that if you look at my social media, if you look at the shows that I've been to see, I adore you. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with you. I think you are literally one of the most talented humans in the entire world. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. can I just say very many congratulations on your journey into motherhood. It's extraordinary to see online and just to see those amazingly (laughs) cute baby pictures how's it going (laughs) thank you so much oh oh my gosh it's been great he just turned 15 months the other day it's a dream you know I am literally living the dream and um, I haven't been sleeping but it's all good (laughs) I think I'm used to that now it's oh my gosh it's been great and I cannot I cannot explain it you know it's just the joy is just overflowing so yeah it's been great it just looks like the best journey for you online and I know social media is sometimes difficult Mm -hmm. to reflect the real world and I love the fact Mm -hmm. you said I don't really sleep (laughs) I think that's an experience (laughs) a lot of people have (laughs) just pictures of you asleep yeah it's been it's been hard but you know it's it's all worth it how is it battling being a working parent as well because we're going to talk about Les Mis in a second which is a show that you know very well and you're currently leading but how is that balance between obviously being on tour and also being a mother to be honest before um I said yes to this tour I was dreading this because I really didn't know what to expect I've never toured in my life especially now I have a baby. So I was really scared of starting to do this show again on tour. I actually 
talk to Katie Hall, the girl who was playing Fontaine before me, who is also a mother now. Just I just got some tips from her, you know, like, is this eat? How do you manage to do eight shows a week with a baby? A baby who's like waking up in the middle of the night, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So she's given me some, you know, great advices. What's what's great is I've done this show so many times. <laughs> I, I opened this in... Um, 2015, I didn't know anything about motherhood back then. So I guess it's it's great to do this show again now that I am a mom, now that I can relate to the character more. So that's why I said yes, especially after the lockdown. I was like, you gotta, you know, you want to take the opportunity. Like I've missed performing as well. My husband is so supportive. Um, he's like, if you want to do it, you know, I support you. I only see him probably once a week because he still works in London. The whole cast, they are so amazing. They've been so supportive. So yeah, it's it's, it's not easy. Um, it's 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 tough, but it's it's working. My mom is here. I my mom flew from the Philippines <laughs> um, to help me out, which is amazing i don't know what to do if my mom is not here <laughs> mums always save the day mums are like a blessing from god I, i'm I sure know. of it i know so it's it's been great i feel like i'm on a holiday plus i am doing my dream job you know <laughs> taking a baby on tour is one thing but basically what Cameron mcintosh is doing is creating a new mm. generation of gavroches that's really the truth oh <laughs> my goodness every time i see gavroches on stage i'm like that can be my son you know <laughs> i could imagine my son doing it oh my goodness Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we should say for like the two people in the world that don't know, you of course play Fontaine at the Queen's Theatre, the Sondheim Theatre, and also yeah. on the Asian tour as well. So it is a role that you know very yeah. well, but you've referenced about the fact that you first started this in 2015 and yeah. then you've played it multiple times and now post-pandemic and of course being a mother. Do you think that your approach to Fontaine has changed because mm. you know what it's like to be a parent? Yeah, definitely. Because before I would, I, I remember being in one corner trying to meditate and just think about the character be in that moment be in that character but now I, every time I open my mouth that's it <laughs> end of story I feel like I'm gonna cry every time I open my mouth I just think about my son it's tough doing the show every single night because it's it's a real story for me now like I don't have to pretend yeah. to be a mom so it's oh it's 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 been great and heartbreaking at the same time <laughs> yeah. it's definitely like a lived experience I suppose it doesn't totally apply to to the story itself but that sense of motherhood yes yeah and I can imagine it's an amazing way for you to be able to probably feel even more grounded in a role that you know very well so I think that's mm -hmm. a really interesting way in which art sort of meets real life that you can mm -hmm. you can bring even more of you to the role that perhaps of course mm -hmm. you brought 100% before and I think that that's really really extraordinary for audiences mm -hmm. coming back to this show and of course mm -hmm. you mentioned this is the first time that you've been on tour is it the same or is it different for you getting to do this production now does it does it feel similar at all obviously it's the same material or does this feel mm -hmm. almost like a new venture for you oh definitely I kept telling myself like I am glad I am doing this again because one of the things that's holding me back is that I've you know I've done this show so many times I feel like am I I don't know am I gonna be tired doing the show mm. am I gonna be bored because I feel like is there something new but then now that yes it is on tour it's you know we're bringing it to like different cities and now also I am a mother now so there's a different approach my heart is different my the spirit is different um and the people are so lovely as well so yes it is the same show the music oh I don't think I will ever I, I will ever get tired of singing and hearing the music every single night it's just it's just amazing and the story 
I don't think you will ever get tired of, of like watching this show. So, so yeah, I don't think <laughs> I am, I am getting bored of this. Uh, and for me, yeah, it is different. It is different because again, I am a mother now. So there's always, you know, a different approach to this show. How is it vocally? Has anything changed since, since becoming a parent? Do you, do you notice physically in your voice that, oh, this, this feels a little bit different to before? Um, I think my voice is different now because <laughs> I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> but um, during the, the lockdown, I, I stopped singing. I was just like taking that whole time to rest. And also after giving birth, I just... For some reason, I just stopped singing and um, I would just sing to my son, you know, I would sing lullabies and all that, but I wouldn't really like do stuff that I was doing before. I, I, um, I wasn't vocalizing. And so when I got this job, when I said yes to this, that's when I started, you know, uh, preparing, which was really tough because my body is saying like, oh, I'm not used to this anymore. You know, it's it's been tough also that I'm not sleeping. It That really adds up to the struggle. <laughs> yeah. But then now that I can relate to the story more, uh, I'm not really listening to my voice that much. You know, I am a perfectionist like you. <laughs> um, but now I, f- I am focused on telling the story more rather than hearing myself. Because growing up in the Philippines, that's been like, <laughs> I've been trained to really like be perfect and listen to your voice you know you cannot you cannot make a mistake but um but now I just learned that you should just gotta tell the story and just put your heart and share your heart to you know to everyone we mentioned some of the different varying productions of Les Mis that you've been part of does the audience reaction differ based geographically on where you are for example when you took the show Mm. to Asia did you notice that people had different reactions or responses to certain parts of the show that perhaps when you were in the West End and in London that they didn't Mm. or was it relatively similar it's all different we were just talking about that the other day Um, the guy who's playing Javert um, Nick Greenshield we were just talking about that that it's actually amazing to see and to discover like different um uh, reactions and receptions of people you know when I was in the Philippines when I did this with the Australian cast it was like they're very it was like a concert you know <laughs> in a way but then you will feel like at towards the end of the show um everyone's just quiet everyone's just um how do you say it like uh taking it in you know and now that I am doing the show bringing the show in different parts of of the UK I've done it in Milton Keynes Plymouth and now here in Hull Hull is very um very reserved and very uh they take it in you know you see people you meet people on stage door they've seen the show five times you meet like older people people who is like 85 years old bring their husband to watch the show and they said that they grew up listening to this music you know so it's just like different all parts of the world, all parts of um, different ages coming together to see this show, um, different cultures as well. You get different different reactions everywhere you go. When you first had the opportunity to do this role, you of course came from being in Miss Saigon and worked of course with <laughs> yeah. the lovely Cameron McIntosh there. And I know that he is, I think, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, a huge, huge fan and supporter of, of you as an artist and oh, somebody that yeah. works in his industry. Mm-hmm. A couple of questions just around working with Cameron. To have somebody of his stature and of his success, undeniable success, I think, is it like 40, 50 years in the industry? It's extraordinary mm. the, the work that he's mm. done. What does that mean to you as an artist and 
there's somebody that that wants to be on stage and wants to tell these stories what does that support mean to you oh it's been great I I just can tell you how grateful I am um for Mr you know a Cameron McIntosh the day I met him I met him during the final audition of Miss Saigon and I was like oh my gosh I am meeting the Cameron McIntosh (laughs) you know it's been great oh my gosh he is so humble and just talking to him and learning new things from him it's just it's been great and I will never forget every time he will visit me in my dressing room it's like wow he's visiting me in my dressing room and he's actually talking to me like you know it's 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 amazing um asking me how I am asking me about my next dream what's my dream job you know like he really cares he's not just a producer that you know uh makes the show and you know produces so many different shows he really really truly cares um for his um artists and i've been with the company for what eight years now i believe since 2014 i feel like you know i'm really part of the family and i'm so grateful for him for welcoming me um up to now he's like not getting tired of me yet (laughs) you know so i'm so grateful for him yes i don't think anybody could ever get tired of you that's a complete myth i promise (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, well. <laughs> I'm right in saying that he very much wants you to take ownership of the role. I remember, I think it was a, I was watching a video interview where you were talking about first, the first time you went into Les Mis and mm-hmm. you very much got permission, if that's even the right word, to find you in the role. He didn't just want a carbon copy of the greatness that had come before. He said, let's find out what best works for you. And I can imagine even in a hugely successful, I think probably the most <clears> successful <throat> musical of all time, that's probably feels like quite an honor to get to ground yourself in a character. Oh, yes, definitely. I remember uh, finishing Saigon Saturday, Saturday and the rehearsal for Limis is the next week. It, it was just, it was perfect timing. I had the freedom to create the character, you know, in, in, in my way. It's, it's, they just gave me all that freedom. It's been great. And as an Asian, you know, I remember it in 2015, in 2015, I was the only Asian in the cast as well. Being an Asian in that, at that time, it was like a big thing for me um, representing, um, you know, my country, my color. And being able to be given that freedom as well to create the Fontaine at that time. When you first walked past the theatre and saw your photograph there, you in that signature and iconic costume, I mean, that huge billboard, I mean, it's massive. And and people every day, I mean, every time you walk past it, Mm. even if you're not seeing the show, take photographs with Fontaine that's there. What do you think a moment like that meant meant to the the younger you that very much wanted to be in that moment, to see you immortalised there forever as that character? What what did that moment mean to you? Um... Well, that is everything. Uh, up to now, I still can't believe like, wow, my face was right out there, you know? Every time I walk past that, I would just stop and look and make sure no one's looking at me, <laughs> looking at myself. <laughs> no, but um, it, what a blessing, you know? What a blessing to be able to represent um, the Asian community. And there's actually one, one guy from our cast right now. He mentioned that... Um, when I started doing this, he said, like, he watched my journey since, you know, like eight years ago. He said, like, seeing an Asian playing a role here in the West End, it's it's a, it's a big thing for them. And now he's actually working with me. And so hearing that from another Asian, you know, it's like, wow, there's actually, there's something, there's an impact. Seeing another Asian playing the role, a role in the West End, you know, on stage, it's, it's, it's something and you can actually make a difference, you know. So for me, that is one of my purposes is to really inspire 
um, and you know, reach out to to the younger generations that yes, it is possible to dream. My goodness, I was just in the Philippines, you know, doing my own thing there, and now I am here and loving life, you know. So everything is possible. Definitely, definitely, and I think that's probably the most important message of this entire conversation is that mm-hmm. you have to be able to see yourself. It's the age old sort of concept and idea but it's important and it's probably stuck around for so long because it is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. I hope that and I'm sure you've had conversations at stage door and online through social media with Mm -hmm. young Asian boys and girls that that want to be on stage and I I know that sometimes we're unable to feel the impact of our work until it's gone by but it feels good that people are able to have that conversation with you because it's really important Mm -hmm. oh definitely um every time I meet like kids they'd be like I want I want to do this I guess I met this Asian kid oh my goodness my heart she was sitting right in like in the first row this was like when I was doing Hamilton before and she was like I want to be on stage like you can just feel her energy in her heart and I just saw myself in her I was like when I was a kid I was like that like I just want to sing you know and for her to see us doing things on stage is just it's great to tell them that yes one day you're going to be up here <laughs> definitely it'll be you sat in the front row watching them it'll be this weird experience yeah. of like swapping <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's, it's been great it's been great I mentioned Karen McIntosh just there um one of the quotes that I wanted to read to you and I think you may be <clears throat> well aware of this quote but I thought it was important that anybody that hasn't heard it before to know that he said you are the best Shiji in Miss Saigon that has ever been to be given a compliment and an extraordinary okay. moment like that mm-hmm. I mean that that doesn't happen every day that that's kind of epic right <laughs> oh my gosh yeah did he really say that <laughs> really yeah no, it's, it, it's on video I promise I, I was watching oh. I was like that's quite a compliment wow wow well well thank you oh my god oh my gosh um that role really opened a lot of doors for me you know I was <laughs> I was so scared of doing that that role because um, originally I didn't audition for that, but then that was given to me, and I'm like, why, why this role? Like I am so like I'm not even a dancer, like you know stuff like that. But that role opened so many doors for me, um, big opportunities. So I'm very grateful for that, and for the whole team as well. With for Sir Cameron Mackintosh, like for him to say that, that's that's really something, and I appreciate those words. It means a lot, you know, to me. It was amazing when Miss Saigon came back to the West End because it felt like firstly how much it had been missed and I don't know if you were able to feel just the desperation for it to reopen like people were desperate to get to experience that story but also the fact that people just wanted to get lost in this world they were so desperate Mm -hmm. just to be there when Mm -hmm. you then add on this extraordinary staging the costumes but then this cast did it feel a little bit embarrassing how talented some of your colleagues were on stage because to watch it as an audience member you were like this is ridiculous (laughs) oh my gosh I was so intimidated to be honest (laughs) I was like oh my gosh everyone's like on it like ready and that was my first musical I was so shy you would see me in one corner like hiding from everyone else I was so like insecure about my body I'm like I don't know how to do this but once we started you know with with the lights with a wig with a costume I was like a totally different person I was like I didn't know I, I I don't know I was like so shy at first but then when I was wearing the Gigi I was like, I I felt like this is me. I I tried to, you know, I did my best to own that character at that time. Um, But yeah, I had fun doing that. (laughs) Is Gigi your like Sasha Fierce moment where it's like your alter ego? (laughs) 
probably i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's like when you put the hat on and the wig and when you're just yeah. there with the table and obviously the, the yeah. extraordinary music you're just like i'm ready to kick some ass i'm ready to go let's do it yeah yeah i was actually watching it on my phone as someone sent me like a clip from broadway's production that which was my last show there um i was singing movie in my mind and i was like whoa that's like i forgot that i did that that you know that i was like so fierce probably when i wear that wig again it will come out let's see <laughs> it's just hiding away somewhere like desperate one day just to jump out again <laughs> yeah why not right <laughs> you also got to sing the new version of the show this is of course an updated production this one of miss saigon what was it like getting to debut some of those new lyrics and those some of those oh, yeah. new arrangements with ava because i mean i don't want to be disrespectful to the original but i sort of do prefer this <laughs> one i think it feels oh, yeah. like a completed sort of version of miss saigon well as as an artist as a singer it's it's great to be able to do two versions it's like you're, you're given an opportunity to create like a new new sound new flavor you know new lyrics new words so new meaning to it so what an opportunity for for us to be given that that power to to sing it and to share it with everyone. Yeah, what, what a moment. I was talking to somebody that you know very well, Leia Salonga, and we were talking about mm. the, that extraordinary duet that you guys got to do, the original, and, and of course you leading that production. And your vocal choices did come up. I hope you don't mind us talking about that. And we were just like, I mean, you can see on the, the DVD recording thing, everyone could see Leia's reaction to you, but mm. those riffs that you do and the vocal choices and the fact it was just like full on belting. Were you really feeling yourself in that moment? Because it's extraordinary to witness. I can't imagine what it was like to be part of. <laughs> I asked permission from Claude Michelle Schoenberg. Okay, it wasn't just me. Uh, I remember because, you know, we did that that night, that gala night, um, you know, we did the whole show, right? And then this concert, we just added that after the show. So I was like, how am I going to do this differently? Like, I just don't want to sing it for the second time. I mean, the same time, you know, like earlier, I was like, how am I going to do this? And so I talked to Claude Michelle and I was like, what do you want me to do? Um, Am I, am I free to do whatever I want to? You know what he told me? Do whatever you want. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is, I love him so much. He's like a father to me. You know, it's like, he's so cool. Um, and I was like, am I okay to riff? He was like, whatever you do, I, whatever you do, my darling, like do it. So I showed, I, I, I did it during rehearsals. Just so, you know, if they are not happy, they can say no, right? But then they were like, yes, do that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm free to do whatever I want. And so that's what I did that night. <laughs> I'm so glad you did it. I'm so glad you did it because I feel like it's become like a touch point now for how to honor an original while also absolutely kicking ass as well. It's, oh. such, it's such a good moment. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, FYI, I had permission from Claude Michel Schoenberg. <laughs> permission always is good. And I know that, I don't know if you've seen the clip of your predecessor in Les Mis, Lucy Jones doing the I dream to dream change but she also got the same as well so we yes. can always modernize things but I mean even her moment I mean it's ridiculous as well yes oh my gosh I love her I love her vocals my goodness and she's such a good person it's amazing right like you can just riff it out <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's sort of part of your music motto I don't want to put anything on you but I feel like you do like a riff yeah oh my gosh yeah you know it. <laughs> riff it out riff it out when in doubt riff it out oh my gosh but it's it's been great and I feel like every production that I've done they know that I love doing it so in a way like you know I can I can I have the freedom to do it um but 
I also have to remind myself that I, you know, I have to respect uh, the music, you know, uh, but also, uh, I always ask permission anyway. I, I, I wouldn't just do something on stage without asking people. <laughs> well, like this reputation you have, you only do really have yourself to blame for this. So we can blame you a little bit for it. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> You've been very kind with your time. There's just a couple more things that I'd love to talk to you about, if that's okay. Sure. You had the, I can imagine, honour of being part of the original London company of Hamilton. Oh. You were literally going from massive Western show to another massive Western show. You, of course, went to Broadway with Miss Saigon, which you referenced, uh -huh. and then uh -huh. back to the West End to do Hamilton. Was it as yeah. extraordinary a moment as it looked from the outside? Because not only was it history making, but it was the first, mm. and that will forever belong to you. Oh, my goodness. Um, that show, that's a dream. Like, up to now, I still cannot believe I've done it for two years. I remembered auditioning for two roles in that show. And I've when I when I heard um, Eliza's um, songs, her story, I, I claimed it right before I auditioned. I said, this is going to be my part. And I don't know, I just tried to own that character. And then when I got it, I was like, oh, I, you know, what a dream. When I first got the email that you've got the role of Eliza, I was like, I can't, I was crying. I was right in front of my family. I just arrived from London to the Philippines and I opened my email right away because I was so excited. I was like, what, what is happening? Like, am I, am I going to do it? I opened it right in front of my family and I read the email and I was like, I am doing it. And I was crying. Of course, for my family, you know, my dad was like, oh, you're going to leave us again. <laughs> that show really kind of like, like it changed my life. You know, I, I learned so many things um, with that show. Uh, it, it would. It's hard. It was hard, um, to be honest. There was a pressure. It's such a big show um, to be able to do that, to open that in the West End. There was a pressure. Um, I'm not going to lie. And that first year, I kind of struggled, like, getting into it. But um, the second year, I, I really, like, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the first year. But, you know, the, the nerves. The nerves were there every single night. Oh, my goodness. But... What a show. Yeah. What a show. What, the music is just extraordinary. And I can imagine a gift to sing as well, because it's so many different variations and inflections vocally. You're like, yeah, I could basically get to become a rock star every night. Yes. <laughs> that show, you're free to riff. <laughs> and then sure. Alex Lacamoire will come in and give me no section and just be careful with the riffing. <laughs> Maybe lessen it a bit. How dare um, you, Alex? Don't tell it to do less. <laughs> no it's oh oh my gosh like vocally yes um it uh, like my my vocal cords were probably like really like stretched out <laughs> after doing that show it's it's oh, it was amazing also it's history making for you because and I just want to make sure I get this right so you of course mm. recorded that amazing song <gasps> first burn and mm. I believe and let me make sure I get this right so mm. it debuted and peaked at number one in the iTunes US chart and also made you the first Filipino recording artist to reach number one in the US music chart I mean extraordinary that's what I heard I, I read it somewhere as well and I was like really yeah it's amazing right it's it feels like it feels surreal. Yeah, it's it's been great, and I remembered Lin Manuel when when he was visiting uh, here in London. Um, he actually um let me listen to the the draft, the first draft or the uh, the second draft of um the the burn, the song burn, which is called First Burn. 
And I was like, whoa, this is so fierce. And I told him, I said, we should record this. <laughs> and then he said, right, like it would be amazing to record this song. When I got a call from him, he said, I want you to be part of this recording. I want you to do this with the other Elizas. Would you be up for it? And I was like, yes, of course. Like, I wouldn't say no to that. And yeah, that, that, that song, that version is really fierce. And to be able to sing that with all these amazing women, uh, what a dream, what a joy. The video is amazing, by the way, on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, you should do that. But also Spotify, iTunes and stuff. It's such mm. a great, great and interesting musically as well to hear, obviously, the early iterations of what was subsequently yeah. then Burn in the show. So yeah, it's mm. amazing to hear. Yeah, and after singing that song, after rehearsing that version of uh, First Burn every single day, I had to go back to the original song of, you know, like of Burn, of how do I really sing this? How does it go now? Because <laughs> I feel like every time I do the, the the show at night, I feel like the new version will come out of, of my mouth, you know? <laughs> but yeah, that's really fierce. Can I ask you, having played this role, your interpretation of what happens at the very end of the show? And I know it's a very contentious subject when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus. So as somebody that stood in her shoes, when you get that final breath, what do you think she's thinking and what do you think is happening in that moment? I am not sure if I'm allowed to say it now, but because not now that I'm not doing the show, (laughs) I remember the director told me like this moment, I'm going to tell you, like you can think of whatever you, they gave me freedom to think whatever I want to think, whatever I want to see and feel at that very moment. So all the Eliza's has different interpretation of that last breath. But now that I'm not doing the show, I think I can finally say it to you. (laughs) For me, what I see there is heaven. What I see is God. That's what I see. Heaven, the heaven is opening up. And that last breath is just, you know, taking in that beauty of eternity. For me, that's what I see. It's the most simple, alone, but beautiful moment. It's a genius in direction. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Okay. My final two very quick questions for you. My favorite song of yours, and I know we're not really allowed favorites in this world, so I hope you don't <laughs> mind me having a favorite. I do listen to Unbreakable all of the time. I just wondered, <gasps> can you please just do a tour where you just sing that song? You listen to un- Unbreakable? Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. joking? Yeah. I no love way. it. So the top of your album. I can't even remember that song. Don't make me sing it, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you want me to what? Sing it? No, no, no. Don't make me sing it. I thought you were going to say, I can't remember it. I was like, no, no, no. I can't, I can't no. sing. Oh, Unbreakable. That's, I think that was my, that's my last album that I've released in Manila. Oh my gosh. I was really young back then. But yeah. Thank you for loving that. Of course. <laughs> Genuinely, like, I, I'll sing it off the recording. I'm not singing it now. But yeah, it's so good. I absolutely love it. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Definitely. <laughs> Justice for Unbreakable, I think, is a hashtag I'm going to start. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> We are unbreakable, Will. <laughs> okay, very finally, because this has been extraordinary. And, and I, I know I said at the start, but thank you so much for doing this a million mm-hmm. times. It's, it's been really incredible. If we think mm-hmm. back when we first started talking about you doing Miss Saigon, coming to the UK, getting the opportunity to be here and getting to get lost in the world of theatre mm-hmm. and, to, and to learn so much about yourself and go on a journey that yeah. I know isn't lost on you and the extraordinary opportunities that have come to you. Yeah. When you think back to all of the various things Les Mis, Hamilton, Miss Saigon. <laughs> yeah. What do you think all of these moments would have meant to the person that arrived very young to the UK thinking, gosh, what's about to happen? What would it have meant to her? Oh, that there is, you know, that the road has been fixed for her. You know, it's like, how, how do you say it in English? It's like, it's ready for her. Like it is available for her. And then anyone, anyone who wants to 
do what I've done or to do what the other Asians, you know, have done in the past, it is available. And even if no one has opened it yet, you can do it. And I believe um, we have that opportunity and we have that power to, to do, to reach for our dreams. And that's what happened to me. Oh my gosh. And like looking back, I still cannot believe I've done it, but here I am, you know, like happy. And now I am a mom. Like I can tell my son that he got a dream on because anything is, it is, is, is possible. Like it is tough uh, to be in the industry, but it is possible. Just have that faith and have that courage and be bold to take the risks. So yeah, you can do it. The perfect way to end a perfect conversation. I am obsessed with you. You are my queen. Congratulations on all of the success. When good things happen to good people, it reminds me that there are good things happening in the world. So congratulations on motherhood, most importantly. And I cannot wait to come see you in Les Mis and basically just sit there and do what I always do in your shows, (laughs) just cry for two hours. So thanks and thanks for that. Thank you so much, Will. Your words are so inspiring and encouraging. I appreciate you and thank you. This is this has been so much fun. I, I really enjoyed our convo. So thank you for having me. You're too kind. Thank you so much. Um, enjoy hopefully a little bit of sleep today and then enjoy your shows as well. Yes, a little nap. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Will. I'll see you very, very soon. And thank you so much thank again. You. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.